Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 28. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Literally screamed it out. People were like, huh? I'm having the Bible study in about 20 minutes up by the light post. If anybody want to come, that's where I'm going to be. Mind you, I had been in the Persian Gulf for five minutes. Do you know 40 people came to that Bible study just like that? 40 people. And honestly, some of them people, I didn't know they knew what a Bible was. They had a Bible with them. Matter of fact, I looked, I said, I said, you got a Bible? Well, yeah, I got a Bible. I'm like, why? Why are you asking? Well, I, I'm sorry. I just thought a Bible would like burn in your hand or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's shocking. You got a Bible? Wow. Okay, cool. And we had a Bible study there. There's no atheist in a foxhole. So what do people do when they are in trouble? What do, you know, which, which, which reminds me, we know when people are in trouble, offer them prayer. Or even if they don't know God. Often, just to say, just be nice about it, and, and don't, you know, don't, don't pray, don't start speaking in tongues all over them and carrying on. That's scary, okay? You know, just be cool, okay? Pray, you know, pray for. Okay, hey, would you mind? Hey, yeah, you got problems? Yeah, would you mind if I pray for you? Nobody has ever, not in all my thirty plus years of being a Christian, nobody has ever told me no. I prefer you not pray for me. Most people, even if they don't know God, thinks, well, you know what? It can't hurt. <laughs> Am I right about that? They think, so offer prayer. When people are afraid, they pray. That's what Saul did. Look at verse 6. Saul then inquired of the Lord, and the Lord didn't answer him by dreams or Urim or by the prophets. Now look real close. You'll see Saul go from fear to terror to sheer panic. Notice Saul tried to talk to God one-on-one in prayer, and God didn't answer Saul because his heart was not right. And then Saul lowered his standards a little bit and sought God through dreams. Now understand something. When the Bible says he sought God through dreams, it doesn't mean that he went to bed hoping that he would have a dream that God would speak to him. What that means is that in those days, they would use drugs to induce you into a trance, hoping that the dreamer would see the future while in a trance. Now, I don't know what they were thinking, because drugs actually cloud your mind and cloud you from hearing God and hearing anything else. But God wasn't speaking to him through prayer. God wasn't speaking to him through dreams. And God wasn't speaking to him through the Urim, the Urim. Now, more often than not, and you see in the scriptures, you see the Urim and the Thummim together. 
The Urim was a stone that was used again with the Thummim. They were basically fortune telling stones. They were flat stones with yes and no on them. And when they were uh, taken and shaken and thrown out, if they both had the answer yes, well then of course your answer for whatever you were praying about or asking God about was yes. So the Urim and the Thummim was worn between the priestly ephod. And God wasn't answering through the, through the Urim. So maybe God didn't answer by the Urim because Saul killed 85 priests just five chapters ago. God didn't answer by dreams and God didn't answer by the Urim or by the prophets. And maybe God didn't answer by the prophets because nobody was listening to the prophets at that time. Remember, we started out in chapter 3, 1 Samuel chapter 3. It says, and the word of God was rare in those days. So even if God was speaking, nobody was listening. Are you? Listening, that is. Not to me. I hope you're listening to me. Not to me. To God. The word of God was rare in those days. So he wasn't speaking to Saul by, through prayer. Saul's praying. God's not speaking. Saul's using the Urim. God's not speaking. Saul's going to seek the prophets, and God's not speaking through the prophets either. So he is in a place of uh, sheer panic at this point. Here's the takeaway. When God is speaking, open your ears and listen. You know, actually, when couples are having loud fellowship, let's call it that, loud fellowship. Couples, y'all know what I'm talking about? argument, y'all, loud fellowship, that's a good thing. And I always tell people, you know, there's, there's a way to argue. Most people don't argue fair. You know what I mean? People argue, and I get you, I get you, I get you. There's a way to argue fair. And there's a way to have loud fellowship in a fair way. But loud fellowship is good because at least two people are talking. It's a problem when you stop talking. Loud fellowship is bad when, 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 when nobody, when nobody's talking, when nobody's saying anything, you know, um, ladies, y'all, y'all, y'all good at that. Y'all don't say nothing. Y'all don't say nothing. You come in the house and you ain't say nothing. Ladies are y'all masters. Amazing. Don't say nothing. You go, what's wrong? What's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> Wait a minute. Somebody say to you, what's wrong? And you go, nothing. There's something wrong, okay? What's wrong? Nothing. Y'all, y'all good at it. I was leaving the other morning. Matter of fact, I was leaving really early the other morning. And um, a few mornings back. And uh, Miss Alvaro was still asleep. And uh, uh, she actually kind of woke up as I was leaving. And I said, okay, uh, I'll see you later. It was really early morning. I said, I said, I'll see you later. And she didn't say, you know, I'll see you later back or peace out or, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, text me. Usually she said, text me when you get there because I leave so early. You know, she text me when you get there. She didn't say nothing. So I'm like, that's odd. I said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so what's wrong with you? She goes, 
Oh, no, this time she ain't say nothing. <laughs> this time she said, oh, this is what she said. This is what you said. You said, <laughs> she said, I ain't saying nothing to you till you get, come over here and give me a kiss. You don't walk out this house and don't give me no kiss. <laughs> See you later. Women are good at it. God wasn't speaking to Saul because Saul wasn't speaking to God. God wasn't found by Saul because Saul wasn't seeking to find the Lord. The Bible tells us Isaiah 55, 6, write it down. Isaiah 55, 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Anybody else know? Call upon him while he is near. So because Saul didn't seek the Lord and God didn't answer, he chooses to seek another source. He chose to seek a divine, evil, ungodly source. But I want you to notice something in verse 4 through 6. Notice Saul gathered. Look at verse 4 through 6. Just travel with me. Come on. Saul gathered, saw, and inquired. Verses 4 through 6. Saul, he gathered, saw, and inquired. Don't y'all understand that's backward? He should have what? Inquired first. Again, when God speaks, listen, because when God speaks, it's a good thing. You know, I've learned in the 20 years in this church, I don't care what anybody says. I have learned to listen to the still small voice of God because I know when God is speaking, it's a good thing. God is never speaking and it's a bad thing. It's always a good thing. You know, I think of Noah. God said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. That means there's coming a point that God says it's enough. In other words, man is running out of time morally. Don't you remember? I need to move a little quicker. Don't you remember? I told you that God judges a nation not by a clock, but by a moral clock. God judges a nation based on morality. I think of Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. He said, Proverbs 1, 28 through 33, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently or early, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be defiant and be filled to the full with their own fancies or devices for the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and we and will be secure without fear of evil. The Bible tells us Saul was afraid because he hasn't listened to the voice of the Lord. So the Lord isn't answering him. I think of Genesis chapter 15, verse 16. God told Abraham that he was going to take his descendants down to Egypt for 400 years until the iniquity of the Amorites is complete or is to a full. You know, I told you that the Canaanites and the Amorites were evil, wicked, perverse people. They were in the bestiality and again aborting thousands and thousands of children. And God waited until they were so perverted and so perverse that it would be an infection to any other people to allow them to live. And when their iniquity had come to a full, that's morality, God used Israel to judge them. And God reserves the right to look at a nation and say, these people are beyond redemption. God waited until their iniquity had come to completion and then judgment. But listen, God is patient. 
God is merciful. Somebody say amen. God is gracious, and God measures time morally. Have you noticed we live in a confusing time of morality, don't we? People are calling wrong, right, and right, wrong. Please, two saints, say amen. And I really believe we're running out of time. God said his spirit will not always strive with man. Well, look at verse 7. Saul said to the servant, since God isn't speaking to them, then go find me a woman who was a medium that I might go to her and inquire of her. Now listen, this was no small task because Saul had put them all out. So now he wants to bring them all back in. You see, sin makes you fickle. Saul said, find me a woman who was a demon worshiper that I might ask her since God is not listening. And the servant said, well, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Now, this is amazing. Saul isn't listening to the Lord. He decides to listen to a medium. A medium. We live in a country that is fascinated with the paranormal. There has never been, think about it, there has never been a shortage of psychics and, and mediums in our culture. You guys remember Sylvia Brown? I thought of her today. Sylvia Brown, you, I don't know if you remember her or not, but there was a woman who was, came to be a medium, and they make a lot of money. Sylvia Brown, there was a guy named John Edwards. Now today we have the, the woman on TV. She's the Long Island medium, and they promote her as the average mom who talks to the dead. Listen, there is nothing average about a mom who talks to the dead. <laughs> can can y'all please say that's right, Pastor? <laughs> There ain't nothing average about a mom. Get, get, get that in your mind. She's standing there making peanut butter and jelly for the kids. <laughs> on the way out to school, the bus is almost coming. They need to get the rain jackets and the boots on and get all this stuff together. And all of a sudden, she goes, I see dead people. <laughs> there ain't nothing average about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's the way they promote her. Let me say, parents, don't let your kids go to movies about paranormal. Don't let your kids go to devil movies, evil movies. We say, oh, it's just fun. There's nothing fun about opening the door to the, to the devil. And I will tell you this, and then I will move on. I have seen an individual. I have been in the room with an individual who is demon-possessed, Honestly, really, really demonically possessed. I have seen a, a girl, 19 years old. You know those really thick ropes that they use uh, on the farm? What, what's some ropes called, Ron? The one, the thick ones on the... Ropes. And... Uh, <laughs> why is it every time I ask for your help, you ain't never no help? Why is that? I'm going to stop asking you. <laughs> I'll ask you, Issa. Don't, don't, don't ask you either? All right. And they had her like bull-tied. Like a oh, hog-tied. Like, like hog-tied. Like back like that. And she broke the rope. I've never seen anything like it. If you've ever been around in the presence of a truly demon-possessed person, you never want to be in that situation again. Well, in our text, God won't speak to him. He feels like he's in need of spiritual direction, Saul, so he seeks a woman with a familiar spirit. The servants found 
uh, for Saul, a woman commonly known as the Witch of Endor. Don't you? I'm gonna date myself. Don't you guys remember Bewitched? And remember her mother? What was her name? That was a revelation to me today. I'm telling you, I was like, man, God, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, this came out of nowhere. I just, I was like, man, her name was Endora. So they find this witch, better translated medium or necromancer. The, the Hebrew word for medium is ob, O-W-B, ob. One who makes contact with the dead. A medium has the idea of mumbling or channeling a dead person, and that dead person is speaking through them. Saul visits a witch at Endor and is putting his life in danger because to get to Endor, you have to go through Philistine territory. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 tells us he disguised himself to make his journey. You got to wonder, what was a disguise? Remember, Saul was seven feet tall. What, what was he, the Jolly Green Giant? What, what disguise was that? A, a dragon? I mean, what kind of disguise was that? <laughs> he disguised himself. And two men went with him, and they came to the woman. They said, please contact the seance for me, or please conduct the seance for me, and bring up for me the one I shall name you. Verse 9, the woman said, you shall know Saul, and put all the mediums out of town. And Saul put all the mediums out of town. Why? She said, because y'all trying to set me up. She said, this is a sting operation. Y'all trying to trap me, verse 9. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 is bizarre. Saul swore by the Lord. Now, how do you swear by the Lord as you're involved in devil stuff? I don't know. That's unreal. Devil stuff, things that are not of God is happening in the name of the Lord. And I got to be honest that people do the same thing today, though. People are living together and they say, God is blessing our relationship. People are having relations saying, God is blessing us. People cheating on their taxes and they say, God is providing. God blessed us because as the IRS man went over the documents, he missed that one line. That was a blessing from the Lord. Y'all ain't hear me. Again, mixture. You can't say that God is blessing something that is in complete violation to his word and to his way. Well, in verse 10 is the last time you hear the word Lord come out of Saul's mouth. He'll never say it again because he dies shortly after this. He said, as the Lord lives, no punishment is coming to you. He swore by his word concerning how to handle witches, which is in opposition to what God said, how witches ought to be handled. Now he's swearing that no harm will come to her. But God's word says in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 27, a man or a woman who is a medium, who has a familiar spirit, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. So God made it clear. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? God made it clear this is what you're to do to mediums. And Saul says, oh, no, nothing's going to happen to you. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. God said, Stone a witch. I don't care what Saul says. God said anyone who hangs out with a witch shall be cut off. Leviticus, don't put it up. We'll just take note of it. Leviticus 20, verse 6. Deuteronomy 18. Look at verse 11. She said, all right, what do you want me to, who do you want me to bring up? 
He said, bring me up, Samuel. This is the only, listen, this is a really, really sad scene. Saul is so confused and so lost and so carnal and so desperate, he's asking a witch to perform a seance so he can talk to Samuel in hopes that Samuel will tell him what God wants him to know. Look at verse 12. When the woman saw Samuel, she yelled, why have you deceived me? You're Saul. Saul said, don't worry about it. What do you see? She said, I saw a spirit descending out of the earth. Verse 14, he said, what was the form? She said, an old man with a mantle saw perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground, and he bowed down. Now look at verse 15. Y'all give me five minutes. Look at verse 15. Because verse 15, through the rest of the chapter, actually just sums up what has happened in a very clear and concise way. No need to come back to it. Look at verse 15. Now Samuel said to Saul, you looking at verse 15? Say amen. amen. Now Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? You know what? I would have said the same thing. If I'm in the presence of the Lord, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me and God departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. And then Samuel said, so why do you ask me? Seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy. And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. That's exactly what he told him when he was alive. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. And immediately Saul fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him for he had eaten no food all day or all night. And the woman came to Saul and saw that he was severely troubled and said to him, look, your maidservant has obeyed your voice and I put my life in your hands and heeded the words which you have spoken to me. Now, therefore, please heed also the voice of your maidservant and let me set a piece of bread before you and eat that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. So his servants together with the woman urged him and he heeded their voice. And then he arose from the ground and he sat on the bed. Now the woman had a fatted calf in the house and she hastened to kill it. And she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread from it. And so she brought it before Saul and his servants and they ate and they arose and they went away that night. So the million dollar question did the woman actually conjure up or summon Saul from the dead? I believe that she actually did. I believe she did. There are several uh, different understandings of this passage, but I believe she did. I believe this was genuine, but strange, but genuine appearance of Samuel because of the reaction of the medium. Uh, she was shocked and she got more than she bargained for that day. Not only that, but we, as, as you read through it, um, you can see her reaction all the way through uh, the chapter. So the thing that we need to take away from this is that Christians 
have no dealings, need not have any dealings with the dead. Christians have no business with Ouija boards. Christians have no business with tarot cards, no business with seance, no business with horoscopes. We don't believe in fate. We don't believe stars and planets align to dictate our future. We believe God holds our future. We, 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 is that right? We believe God holds our future. And he knows the beginning from the end. And God determines our life and our potential. And we have a loving father and a shepherd and a savior who died for us, who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords who rules over all the known universe and our God is directly involved in caring for our lives. We don't have to go seek any other source. We have everything we need right here in the pages of this book. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.